0: Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the word. We don't uh, we we don't come off as experts. I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast. This is before. the kind Once. of thing that gets <laughs> <twice>. cut out.
1: <laughs> oh no, twice. twice. All
0: right, all right. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. My name is James Johnson and I'm here with my co-host as always. Nick Houston in the house. Nick in the house. Nick, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day outside. It is. I'm
2: like I'm, I say, I'm a little disappointed. We're at the end of April and it got cold again. Yeah, um, we did have another cold snap because, you know, my favorite season is summer. But, you know, that always happens. You do I
0: live know, in Atlanta.
2: I know, it's deceiving.
0: We, uh, we are joined today by Sarah Porterfield, who uh, is an employee here at the church, serves here at the church. church. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, what are you, uh, hi. Hi. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, thanks. How's
0: your summer going? Our That's I guess my you're summer. spraying I, your, your, your uh, <laughs> Eastertide.
1: My Eastertide is, is going well so far.
0: All right, excellent. And uh, talk to us a little, like some of the people who are at Northside Church don't know who you are. Um, sometimes Nick and I don't know who each other are, much less who you are or who anybody else here at Northside is. Do you know Tell who us. you are? <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. That's like a lifelong project. But, yes. uh, what is, uh, what do you, what do you do here at Northside?
1: So I do a bunch of different things. Oh, really? I, I work with you. Okay. Um, and that must be a hassle. S- it is. <laughs> it is. I'm sure everyone that listens to this podcast knows that. Um, no doubt. No I, doubt. I work with you in the small groups and, um, I work with ACS, our church database. Yeah. And I'm the project manager for creative services, which is the main thing that I do. But then I also manage the church calendar and um, social media.
0: So it sounds like you're, you got your fingerprints on a lot of different things here in North Central <laughs> <laughs> Church.
2: This is how I make it happen at the church. People get jobs where they do like eight things. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right.
0: And all these people behind the scenes. This is the beauty of the church. Just another, uh, another, uh, uh Example of how much Northside relies on those that we don't really see on a regular basis, you know, to operate and run and do the things that we do here at Northside Church. So that's right. Sarah, how long have you been here at Northside?
1: I've been here for almost three years. Really? Mm hmm. I think.
0: Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. my seventh anniversary is coming up here pretty quick. Whew. Nick, have you been here for, I don't know, 50 years? <laughs> no,
2: only longer than you. Um, <laughs> but it feels, God, it will be 10 years. Oh, wow.
0: This year. So sweet. Like a decade. We need to have like a little ceremony yeah. for you or something. Oh, 10th nah. t- anniversary. <laughs> Of the yes. of the Nick Houston regime here at mm-hmm. North Saturday.
3: <laughs>
1: Nick Houston regime. That's
0: I hope I've been a benevolent dictator.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. I've been looking at a lot of um videos and, and listening to a book on the French Revolution, so I've got a bunch of Napoleon <laughs> in my head right now. Uh so is regime. that because I'm short? Yes, yes. In fact that's why, you know, I'm trying to understand how short people can, you know, rule in you know, either as dictators or benevolently. So
3: no.
1: Find
3: you've
0: our been ways. you've been good. You've been, uh, yeah, you've been fine. You've been fine. <sighs> I'm, I'm glad it's worked out. horse, <laughs> you uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick, you just came back from the beach. How was that?
2: What a great time! It was just my wife and I. Yeah, um, her mom went some and kind of trip or something. Uh, we won a silent <laughs> auction. We've got some friends who um, have a, a kid with Down syndrome and goes to a special school. So to raise money for tuition, they uh, do a si- They d- did a silent auction. Okay. And we won um a stay at the beach in a oh, beach awesome. house. Oh, so how nice. excellent. excellent. That was pretty cool. And then you it? feel like you just get to you're like contributing to a good cause but All also right. going on vacation. That's
0: the same reason why I play lottery to help education here in Georgia. Exactly. You know, you're just really trying to make scholarships yeah. available. Yeah,
2: I am. One dollar at the time. Mm-hmm. One dollar at a time.
0: Who are we getting? Fifty bucks at the time. <laughs> <laughs> However many <laughs> it takes to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh was it crowded dinner? It was. Yeah. It
2: was so people yeah, are getting back out now. Well, and seeing two just comparing beaches like we've been to St. Simons a few years, we used to go to Panama City, we've been to Cape San Blas, um Point of Vidra. like just kind of getting the feel for all the different beach towns. Um and we haven't been to Destin since our honeymoon. Oh wow. That's what we did for our honeymoon cuz y'all you remember I got married when I was like That's true. when I was 20. Yeah. 12 when you oh, yeah. were just a child. so yeah. So yeah. we weren't
0: like almost illegal. No
2: all-inclusives in Jamaica for us or anything like that. So (laughs) we just went to Destin and of course we loved it. And it, I mean, it looked a lot different though 20 years later. I don't
0: think I've ever been to Destin. I I usually, I find a place that I like and I go and I just go there every year. Like I don't like going around different places. So Orange Beach has been my place. That's where I go down. I've never been to Orange Beach. I would like to check it out
2: It's good.
1: It's a little... A little rednecky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's in right, a good it's way. Right there on in Alabama. a good way. Yeah. Because you know, it. They know, got the some things to do.
2: You gotta love the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the that that Emerald Coast beach, that Panama City and Destin and oh yeah, definitely The PCB. Really wide mm-hmm. white sand. I mean, it's amazing. It's beautiful. It is. I think it's all
0: fake. Uh, as I recall They have brought in All that sand From other places But Well after the hurricane Carries it away They go pick it up Yeah, from somewhere, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> That's right uh, Sarah do you have A favorite beach Do you go to the beach often
1: PCB And I don't I don't go <laughs> I don't break. go as often As I would like to Yeah I Um, I like uh, Panama City is, is the place that we go Okay yeah. cool. cool We've got like Nick We've got some friends Down there Okay That we um Bum off of and Yeah And yeah. stay at their place Beach bums man That's Enjoy like it that. Yeah Yeah
0: So Sarah, tell us a little bit about, um, why, why, why are you working at a church? Why you serve the church and, and like, what's your background with, uh, with church? So, um, let, no, let me, let me, so let me ask you like this though. Like, how did you grow up?
1: So I grew up Methodist. Okay. Uh, I am a Methodist preacher's kid, but, oh, okay. um, my grandfather is also a Methodist preacher. And, um, so we, we were heavily Methodist and, um, I grew up, I mean, we were, we, I say we were heavily Methodist. I guess I just grew up going to a church, like a sanctuary. It didn't, yes. I had no idea if it was Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, who knows. Right. But I went uh, to a church building after school every day. Okay. <laughs> and um, my, um, my parents weren't really like, they didn't force us to go to youth group or anything like that. Um, So it was really kind of a, uh, I don't know, a...
0: I don't know the word so for So y- like, did you, were you the kind of person that was in the building every time it was open? Were you at worship every Sunday? You, you said <laughs> no. you weren't forced to go to, to youth group.
1: No, um, we, I like to say my mom. Um, Sounds like the
0: perfect Methodist. Yeah. It, it <laughs> really I was about is. to say us, us, uh, us people from another tradition, we were forced to be there.
1: Uh, no, we uh, showed up 10 minutes late and sat in the balcony. <laughs> that's that's wait, how. Wait, didn't you say your dad was the pastor? Oh, yeah, yeah. But my mom was a PK. <laughs> So,
0: oh, this is just, so uh, I was
1: raised by a PK, a rebellious PK, yeah, and then, yeah. and then a, and a preacher. And it
0: just continued on. <laughs> and wow. it did. Oh, that's an interesting combo. I
1: yeah, didn't think about, I your, never thought about the that.
2: grandfather that was a pastor mm-hmm. was your mom's dad.
1: Yep. They met at Glen Memorial, which is the church on Emory's campus. Your mom and um, dad? hmm When okay. my grandfather was the preacher there, he hired my dad while he was at S- Seminary Cambler. Candler, and um, he was the youth minister at the time okay. and my mom heard about this really, you know, hot guy from from LA who just moved here to go to candler <laughs> and started working in the church. And so <laughs> And that um, was your dad or that was it was, it was my dad. <laughs> and so my mom made him brownies. Oh nice. <laughs> and took him brownies um and she saw him at his desk in this old youth building and he had his like feet propped up on the desk and he was eating raw mushroom soup out of a can and watching a Braves game.
0: Oh that sounds delicious. Oh. And she was like, oh, He was guy. living in the high
1: Wow. Was, and
0: she fell in love.
2: Huh? She
1: did. She did.
0: <laughs> Talk she about did. signs you're single.
1: Wow. <laughs> I know. He drove here in a Vega all the way from Los Angeles.
0: Wow. Wow. So wow. your dad grew up in Los Angeles?
1: He did. Oh, he didn't. went to Occidental. That's cool. And um, was heavily involved in a church called Glendale United Methodist Church. Okay. Where he, um, at 16, realized he wanted to be a minister. Mm. Or he felt the calling.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then ended up at Candler, huh?
2: He ended so, up, he went to, he
1: wanted to go to Candler.
0: So,
2: you're a preacher's kid, where did you grow up?
1: I started out in Woodstock, Georgia. That's where mm-hmm. my parents were at the time when I was born. <laughs> and when I was seven, we moved to LaGrange, Georgia, when my dad was appointed at LaGrange First United Methodist. And um, then when I was 15, we moved to Augusta uh, because my dad was appointed at Wesley United Methodist where he is still the senior pastor today, but he's weaseled his way into be also becoming the DS of Augusta. Yeah. So he has oh, well. a double job,
0: a double job. Mm-hmm. So he's been there for a while then.
1: If, yeah. 15 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm 30. Yeah. 15 years. Well, wow. 16, 31.
0: And now he's taking on another job being a DS too.
1: Mm-hmm. He loves it. He's yeah.
0: yeah. So you really are, you are Methodist through and through.
2: I really,
1: I really am.
0: Wow. So what was the appeal for you to
2: get a job at a church? to come to work just habit probably force a habit I would
1: imagine (laughs) well maybe kind of I um I didn't start off working in the church I was when I moved when we moved here to Atlanta after I graduated college I got a degree in psychology with a minor in business okay I was two credits away from getting a double major not because I was smart but because I was in school for so long (laughs) 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 but I um so when we moved here to Atlanta I got a job right out of college that was um as a client services manager for a financial institution that did rewards products, for or sorry, did rewards products for financial institutions like banks and credit unions, um, local sounds, banks and credit so unions. So yeah, but what
2: does that mean?
1: Local banks and credit unions don't have; um, they're small, they're community banks, and so they mm-hmm. don't have the resources to be able to have like these big competitive credit cards.
2: Oh, so like so cash we, back or airline miles right, or hotel exactly. points. Or,
1: mm-hmm. okay. So we so they hire these third-party companies, which is what I did, to create their rewards programs. So, so I worked So
2: you bundle them all together and then they have the Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that so Sort uh, of
1: marketing, sort of Was that fun? I enjoyed the challenge of it. And yeah. I enjoyed the fast pace. Mm-hmm. Um it was not fulfilling in really yeah. anyway. <laughs> um And so I um I left and I thought I wanted to work in nonprofit, um, so I started applying to all these nonprofits. I have no experience in
3: nonprofits.
1: <laughs> Turns out it's really hard to get a job there when you don't have any experience. Yeah, in it. yeah. So, what I did have experience in was the Methodist Church. Yeah. So when I saw this Methodist Church opening for um, an administrative assistant for the associate pastors at Northside, I decided to apply.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of moved around a little bit since you've been here, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, so to speak. A little bit. Yeah. See, yeah.
2: I feel like, again, that's something, though, that's good that we do.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I agree. You t- kind of
0: tailor finding it. good at people out there in the world who like, can just do everything.
2: Well, and then when you figure out what somebody's good at, I think the church has the flexibility to kind of get you in to the perfect spot for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus the corporate world, you know, like this is the job description. This is what you do. If you don't like it, go find another job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when we have opportunities open up here, I like to look on the inside and see who's who's available on the inside, and that's what happened with you. Is that we had a job come available and you were able to switch over that way.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I love it.
2: Excellent.
3: Excellent.
0: But one of the things that you do here, uh, at Northside Church is work with me on Northside small groups and uh that's a program that that has um been going now for about, about to start our third year. Is that right? About to finish is, the second? About oh to finish gosh. the second and start the third year. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um we initially had called it table and and had a master <laughs> plan and we've tweaked it and moved a, moved it around a little bit as we've gone forward. Um so when we, when we decided to go ahead, when we decided to get this uh, Small Groups program off the ground, uh, you were one of the first people that were really excited about it. hmm and, um, and you came to me and, and wanted to help with that, and, and we've, we've been working on it now for, like I said, we're about to start a third year, almost two years we've been doing this. What was it about Small Groups that uh, attracted you to, to working and helping to develop a whole new program here at Northside Church, which is not always the easiest thing to do, to launch a whole new program? At a big church like Northside.
1: No, it's not. But um, I, when I came on to Northside, I was surprised that we didn't have a kind of co-ed small group program. We had men's groups, we had women's yeah. groups, but we didn't have anything for couples or just co-ed in general. Yeah. Where we, it just in the in a, in a simple small group format. The other the other groups are a little bit more um, formal, maybe. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Um, and I thought it would be great to bring something a little bit more casual where people can kind of do life together. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, that is the thing about Northside when uh, I've been here, like I said, for almost seven years now and I was, I had the same kind of mentality when I got here. Uh, and uh, it was a bit of a struggle to even try to get small groups going because we do have such yeah, healthy, right. we do have such a healthy program when it comes to men and women, small groups, uh, particularly with the women's ministry here. It's just fantastic level of organization and, and execution of small groups and uh, it, it's a little bit of a, a conundrum that that has been it's taken so long for us to get around to a program like this but I, I totally agree with you that just a simple program for uh, you know not just men or women but for co-ed and um, what do y'all both of you have said um, simple and
2: less formal mm-hmm. yeah. so what is the idea behind the small groups program that makes it simple or less formal that is differentiates it from what men's ministry is doing or what women's ministry is doing
1: well i'll say that i was a proponent of the simple and jay was not (laughs) (laughs) he wanted to start off with this big like communion yeah um yeah
3: yeah
0: i well the original idea that i had was i uh, guess it wasn't
1: formal it's just high church
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know the community is high like, church, but uh, for a
1: small group, it is. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. So, it's so high, when high, when high I group. first
0: when I first wanted to start this program, I wanted it to be um, based off of of what um, John Wesley did with his small groups, um, which, man. to be fair, were men's groups. So. Uh, he was just doing men's ministry, turns out. But, uh, the idea (laughs) being, the idea being that you come together and you read scripture and you pray and you, uh, just talk about how your soul is like, how, how are you living with God? And then how's that, how's that going? Um, I did add, I wanted to add the element of communion to it because I think, you know, one of the things that Wesley said is you should do it as often as possible. And I think it's a powerful experience that goes together with prayer and scripture and, and talking about how our soul is, um. That got a lot of pushback. Uh, it turns out a lot of people thought it was too formal, maybe, or too liturgical. or they just not com- comfortable much. with it. Yeah, yeah.
1: There needs to be a little bit more. Um, and I think it's something great and something that we can add into small groups, but I think there just needs to be a bit more education around it and maybe yeah. just... I don't No, know, I think that's right. Wait. Having it around more to feel so that they feel more comfortable giving out the elements. And-
0: Nick, you grew up in a in a non-liturgical well as Michael Devine would say a differently liturgical uh, tradition Um, how would you feel if you were part of a small group that did communion do you have like an initial like response to that or feeling about that I think I'd be okay with it now but I'd see it being a little strange
2: particularly coming from a background of only doing communion like once a quarter yeah yeah that was me too um but you know since I've been Methodist, usually it's once a month. Yeah. Although we haven't done it in a year. Yeah, it's been it's been a little <laughs> difficult
0: during the last year, but
2: um but I do think that there is a a sense of reverence around it and sacredness that would make it seem ominous in that small group setting. I could see why people balked it. Yeah. Being able to pull it off. And particularly with my upbringing there was more of a sense of you know we're all priests we're all believers yeah Mm. there's nothing you know that says i can't do communion when did you
1: develop that reverence
2: versus the umc doing this
0: high church kind of and only the elders can bless the Uh
2: elements then i could see the lay people being like i don't know how we're gonna pull this off yeah i don't have the superpowers
1: When did you when did you develop that reverence for communion that and like understand the um uh, the importance of it?
2: So it's always been a high bar for me because you couldn't take communion until you were baptized.
0: Was oh, that right? Yeah. yeah. So
2: growing up, the kids sitting in the pews didn't do communion hmm. unless you'd been baptized, huh. and you didn't get baptized until you walked down front and professed that. Jesus was your personal Lord and Savior and asked so You had your a bi- heart.
0: you had a very biblical view of what Christianity should be. That's interesting. <laughs> Apparently
2: that was that upbringing was good for that. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then when I did accept Christ for that first communion, mom was like real intentional about. Yeah. You know, we're doing this together and you're asking for forgiveness for your sins and so you're saying a prayer before you take it. Um so it just always had a very Yeah. significant it was
0: always a significant experience. Yeah,
1: so I did. I did not have that experience.
0: You never had. Like, well, so, where where do you stand on communion? Then,
1: so I haven't. I I've only recently um, begun to understand really what communion means. When I was growing up, I you know was a preacher's kid, and uh, when we would come home, or when we come ho- home, the church. When we yeah. would come to the church after school, because we walked to the church from school. Um, my brothers and I would go into the sacristy and drink the juice and eat the bread as a snack after school. (laughs) We don't know if it was consecrated or not, but that's funny. It felt, it felt like a blessing.
0: (laughs) See, and I, I know, I know that there would be some people who'd be really upset by that, but also there's something about that that just seems like that's kind of what Jesus had in mind in a sense. Like the the reverence thing is the thing that baffles me. And I think I grew up in a similar tradition where it was always a high bar kind of thing. It was something that you took seriously and, and you should take it seriously. Um, but it also the whole practice is is so far removed from what we see in scripture, um, the way that we do it and the way that we think about it, that, you know, we forget that this practice of communion, which I think is one of the essential, if not the essential, uh practice that we do in, in worship, um, is is based off of an interpretation of scripture that Communion is, is something that's supposed to be, like, that's the moment where we recognize Jesus. You know, we're talking, in Sunday School right now, we're talking about all these post-resurrection Jesus stories. And one of my favorite ones is a really famous one, The Road to Emmaus, which you guys have heard probably a million times, and, and people out there have heard a million times. But what I love about that story is that the disciples don't recognize who Jesus is until they sit down and break bread with him. And so that was kind of my drive to put communion in the small group setting, is because I think that when we fellowship together in this practice, That's when we see Jesus, and I don't think it has to be communion. I think it's when we fellowship together. But the 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 communion practice kind of hones that in and gets us ready for that because we do take it so seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you look at what communion is in Scripture, I mean, it's a meal shared together with the disciples of Jesus Christ and and Jesus, and um, it's not, it's not you know something you do once a month on a Sunday. mm -hmm. You know, well, so that gets into
2: an interesting place of like. I've got a friend who's a youth minister, um, and in a bind, you know, like, I think he's done communion with Mountain Dew and Cheetos. Like, <laughs> I I think that he's been willing to stretch <laughs> the boundaries of what communion can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And it, it, it does make me wonder, I mean, it, like, I remember as a kid, it was that nasty wafer. <laughs> yeah you know because mm-hmm. it needed to be unleavened bread and that little plastic did you have the
0: little plastic cup yeah. the little they plastic got passed cup. around in trays yeah everybody yeah. took one out uh-huh. of
2: the tray and then yeah. we all did it at the same time yeah like you yeah. had to wait on everybody to get served oh. and then yeah everybody yeah yeah, yeah. we did that too wow that would take forever um and you had to do we ate the bread first and then they yeah. passed out the juice and then you did the yeah there's the, a special order and of course it was him. juice because yeah oh what yeah, what yeah. We don't right um and so it just so wildly different like yeah. from that upbringing of it, it's got to be this unleavened bread because that's like scripturally accurate, right. I guess, for Jews during Passover and the juice, which is not scripturally accurate, but that's okay. <laughs> um, it's funny it's what great. we decide to care about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and then I've got this friend that's doing communion and
0: I, it wasn't Mountain doing Cheetos really, but you know. It was something. Maybe. Something, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember I, when I was a teenager, I did... I did um, me and my buddies did a, a communion with uh, Mountain Dew and and not Cheetos, but I can't remember what else. Oh, not, Mountain Doritos. Dew Doritos. It might have been actually. <laughs> I, as I'm thinking about it, it might have been. Um, I have a friend who's I Catholic. I can just see like yeah, somebody can... puts a Dorito in your hand. <laughs> Easily see I'm this. not sure. It
2: <laughs> I'm not sure that's how it played out, but uh... or like the what the priest just put it right on your tongue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you right. break
1: the Dorito?
0: Yeah, you so, break it in yeah. order to. You know,
1: represent you gotta
2: hold it up the Lord's, you it
0: the <laughs> Lord's uh, zesty nacho, Butter, nice. yeah. a little bit of lime. Uh, no, so I have a friend who's Catholic, and um, obviously communion is the is it for them. I mean, Mass is a communion service, so every Sunday that's what they do, uh, and that's more important than anything else that they do in worship. Um, but um, in order to like when they're growing up, in order to take their first communion, they also have to take do their first confession, which is also a sacrament in the in the Catholic Church. And my friend was—I just remember telling me about the first time he took communion and how intimidated and scared he was that he had to go talk to the the priest about you know confessing mm-hmm. his sins and stuff. Um, now, you want to talk about reverence? That's a whole different level of reverence, right? And to be fair, if you go back and look, I mean, this issue of communion has been one that we've struggled with as a church for two thousand years. The the Protestant Reformation was centered around how communion was done. That was one of the primary. Uh, reasons why we split from the Catholic Church in the first place. Um, I thought it would be cool to kind of, not, not to remove the reverence for it, but to, to take away that kind of stigma or that attitude of, man, this is something that only can be done in, in worship. This is something that only can be done the first Sunday of the month. This is something that can only be done in the right atmosphere with the right attitude, but rather to kind of normalize it. Not to, not not to, not so that it became something irreverent, but so that the reverence of it would be normal in our life. But
1: I couldn't agree more.
0: A, a lot of people, uh, like I said, balked at that, and so we, in our second iteration of right. of Northside Small Groups, we we kind of set it aside. Although we do still have groups it was groups just that too soon. It. I think it was
1: just we do too still soon have groups for that everyone. Do it, right. Yeah, we'll and see. hopefully, so
0: once you dropped that, you also quit calling it table.
2: Well, that
3: well, was a different.
0: That was a whole different. It's really hard to explain that yeah. table is not a dinner group. Yeah, it's that's not. what the issue was, right? Table is not a dinner group, but um, yeah, and you know, we just kind of
3: let's just it's try
0: fine. stop trying to be fancy and just tell people how it is, right? Northside small groups. That's what it is. So that's what the program's called.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and it really does make it readily identifiable.
1: It it does, doesn't
2: yeah. it? <laughs> it's you know exactly what it is, right? I wish
1: it had some alliteration, but
2: yeah, whatever. I do love alliteration. Sanctuary Northside small groups. In all groups. <laughs> yes i fixed it <laughs> <laughs>
0: north side not big groups <laughs>
2: okay i don't know that wasn't as good um, north side normal groups
1: anyway i think that communion was a great was a great idea uh, but i
0: just not there yet or
1: i don't think we're there yet i think what we needed to focus on it's prophetic in the beginning of, of this program was getting people comfortable just talking to to yeah. one another about yeah. Things that were going on in their lives that they weren't necessarily saying to other people in the church yeah. or to the church, you know, what was going on. Some, some people that they can do life with and, and experience their ups and downs with.
3: So
2: where do you get the passion for small groups from? Have you been a part of a small group that you feel like was particularly
1: meaningful? Um, I, I have, I, I don't know that that's where it came from. Um, I think maybe being in the church my whole life, I didn't necessarily feel like I was a part of it. I was known throughout the church, like everyone knew my name and, um, because I was the preacher's kid, but I, I don't feel, I never felt like I had a group.
2: Oh, but there's a place for you.
1: Exactly. I know. Well. And, um, to be the preacher's kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think what I'm passionate about is making sure that there's a place in a church always for someone to belong.
0: Well, let, let's talk a little bit about um, small groups in general for just a minute. Um, Nick, I, I don't know. We didn't ask you this, but uh, have you been a part of a small group before? You know, I've been doing disciple. Yeah. So that's definitely
2: a small group. I mean, we spend probably half the class having a conversation about how things are going where everybody is any prayer requests or praises or what's what's going on in life yeah and then half class talking about the um
0: scripture topic that yeah. we're working on so then now yeah and disciples kind of built off of that wesleyan model as well it's a little bit more scripture uh heavy i guess than than what we were going for, but yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, but
2: there's, it's really hard to not share a part of yourself when you're talking through how you're interpreting what you're reading. Yeah, 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 um, exactly right. So as you're reading the scripture, like part of what comes out of it is based on what's
0: rattling around in your brain already. So mm-hmm. what kind of so you've been doing that for four years now? Mm-hmm. What kind of impact has that had on you uh, spiritually, personally? Like- I mean. It's been it's been really neat to get to know
2: members of the congregation. I mean, there are a few different ways that I have plugged in and places to get to know members of the congregation outside of, you know, like I'm here on Sunday morning, but right. I've got the responsibilities of You're Sunday morning to manage, place, you know. Yeah. Um so participating in that, participating in Sunday school, doing some ERT trips. Um I've done ASP before. Yep. And so all those ways of getting to
0: know the members of the congregation has been really cool. But like a consistent group of um, people that you're meeting with on a regular basis. Yeah. So
2: in this case you're getting to know them even better. Yeah. Um, and then also it is good to hear from that community um, how they're reading and digesting the scripture as well. And so as we're working through different parts, like they'll say stuff that I just wouldn't have thought of. Right. Um, and so it's really enlightening to have other people's perspectives on it too.
0: Do you think if um if you had to, and I'm sure that there's it, it's probably so meshed together that it's probably hard to do this. But if you had to figure out in your disciple experience over the last four years, what has been more impactful—the relationships that you've built or the scripture that you've read—is there a way that you could you could balance that or judge that, decipher that, um, or is it just so, so?
2: Let me think. Assuming the that you've
0: done scripture. the reading, read, the scripture
1: reading, or I mean, do they feel, I'm I, I would just think that the spiritual element of the group makes it different from other types of groups that you may be a part of like you know an interest group like yeah your fantasy football draft group right right <laughs> or whatever um, oh yeah Definitely the spiritual different
0: vibe than those guys yeah i no, mean you know, that's an interesting
1: point that element the scriptural element probably makes the group go a little deeper become a little bit more vulnerable yeah than you would otherwise. So you might not be able to separate the two.
3: I have a
0: fantasy football <laughs> crew. And I know I think this is a hopeful, uh comparison because there's about 12 of us and we get together. We're together all in the same place once a year for the draft, right? And then mm-hmm. we communicate with each other on a weekly basis throughout the football season. And we do impact each other. We do affect each other. We do uh, bring out different aspects of character and, and personality with each other. But we don't grow spiritually, right? But we do maybe grow worldly, which is maybe problematic. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, that's absolutely the case. Like I think any small group of people that you're around on a consistent basis, whether it's intentionally uh, with fantasy football or spiritually uh, with a small group or at work or wherever, uh, that's going to impact your relationships uh, and just human relationships. We're social beings. That's not well, that kind of how we work. I, I'm going to give you credit for this one, James. And I'm imagining somebody smarter
2: said it before, but um, <laughs> I've heard you a few times say you're practicing to be somebody who are you practicing to be? Yeah. Yeah. And the way my mom said that growing up, you know, mom said birds of a feather flock together. That's right. That's mama right. said. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's definitely a sense of, you know, being that small group where we're all there because we're, you know, trying to learn the scriptures and get more out of it and have that, spiritual conversation has a different kind of an impact
1: well yeah and you also have this you know the aspiration of of growing together and aligning yourselves with with mm-hmm. god yeah you know yeah. and the eternity that is god
0: uh, it, you used to go to the gym all the time Sarah. Mm-hmm. You, are you a gym person
1: i don't go to the gym okay but i do work you work do out. work out okay
0: so um, nick you used to go to the gym H-Bot. all the time and and you've told me you've you told me come. several times that your best experiences at the gym are when you're there and you meet somebody, or you're hanging out there with somebody else. Yeah. So again, even in a situation where you are training yourself, not spiritually but physically, it's easier to do and maybe more beneficial, or at least more uh, fulfilling and rewarding when you do it with somebody else. Yeah. So I I observed this over the weekend. Like I said, we were in Destin
2: and we the beach, and you know, yeah. there is the Air Force Base not far away. And the per capita number of fit people walking around Destin, I looked at my wife at one point and I was like, I'd be in a lot better shape if we lived here. Yeah, just because of the peer pressure of the community. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. you could take that the other way and just give up.
0: He could just be pressured so much that you're like, ah,
2: never mind. I'm just going to sit on the no, beat. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> right. that uh, would, it, would go the, it would go the
0: first one. But that is right. a way in which I think also in spiritual small groups um, that we sharpen each other. Iron sharpens iron, as proverb says, mm-hmm. right? So it's, you know, we motivate each other in that kind of way. And I think a little, you know, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the idea of like a spiritual rivalry. Like, you know, like, yeah. Can that, you do that in a playful way? Can you do that in a way it's like, or is that just, it's just too close to... Well, I mean, mm.
3: I also
2: inadvertently said I'm in as good a shape as I need to be for where I live right now.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're in
2: as good
1: a shape as you need for Kinnisong. For, for
2: as many, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. For All good, right. Old, good old Joes. Like, or I would whatever have much more fit friends at the beach than I do here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that a dig at us, I think?
3: I think it yeah, might I think be, a it dig might dig be.
0: Let me, let me. I want to talk just a little bit more about small groups in general. So, Nick, I'd asked you about your experience with disciple, and and Sarah, you've you've had some experiences with small groups before. Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you guys this, and 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 just see where it goes. But why are small groups important? It's hard to be a church without the church. Uh, yeah, I was, was going to say. All right, but I can be part of a church without being part of a small group. I'm talking mm-hmm. about how. But once per- but group? are
1: you, like, can you? That's my question. That I think that. The level of participation that being a part of a small group, whether it's actually a small group or a group of people that you go on mission trips with or um, volunteer to greet on Sunday mornings with or pass the plate with, like you have a group that brings you into the church and encourages you and focuses you on your spiritual growth.
0: So you said something there that uh, uh, just jumped out as really interesting. So like the idea that you can be, like being an usher is being part of a small group, Mm -hmm. like a a group of ushers. Catherine would love to hear that. (laughs) But it's true, right? Like people that you serve with uh, become part of a a small group of people who are care, that care and are concerned about you and that you care and concern for. It's people you pray for and and worship with. uh, That's good. I think that's really good.
1: I feel the same way about working at the church. Yeah, it's hard to separate my work from my community, like the community that yeah. I'm a part of, and I want to be part of and invest in and care for. Yeah, um, that's why, you know, I I come and volunteer and on days that I don't work, right. you know, I I want to be a part of this community and I want to be there for for all of the, and support all of the things because I, it's so important to me and I think to this community. Yeah. But I think small groups for me, um, as far as my participation in the church as a whole small groups, it's really cool. And it's great in a church like Northside. It's really cool to have a group like my small group where I can, um, it's, it's a lot of folks that are like, like think like minded, like me, like we're same age, same sort of demographic. We're we have similar opinions to things but then um so it's nice to go there every week and sort of feel validated and yeah and understood um and seen but then go to one of your classes on Wednesdays yeah and I'm surrounded by folks who are not necessarily the same
3: right right um
1: demographic as me, like Nona Young, who is an incredible, incredible church member. And I learned so much from her, Yeah, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and um, just hearing these different perspectives, Mm -hmm. people that I don't, you know, things I don't necessarily agree with or um, just maybe never considered that I never would have heard otherwise, you know.
0: I mean, that's the whole point, right? I mean, this the, uh, the conversation and the dialogue and dialogic disciples, that's why we call this dialogic disciples, because it's the dialogue that really draws us out and into different perspectives, right? And seeing the world in a different way, even about something that we feel incredibly confident about, like our faith, you know, or the way that we understand our faith. Um, And see, that's another thing that you and I disagreed on, and one of the reasons why I'm glad that that two of us were working on this for the same reason, because, you know, I was of (laughs) the— I wanted people to take communion, and I wanted— I wanted each small group to be a spectrum uh, cut across the entire demographic north side. So I wanted a Nona Young and a Sarah Porterfield in the same small group. And you were pretty adamant that, no, we need to keep people in the same life stage. And I was like, no, that's not how it's going to work. Come on, let's do it my way. And so we tried it my way, and it turns out you were probably right about that, right? Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got some groups that are cut across, and we've got mm-hmm. some that are, that are demographically uh, bound to one another. I think a good mix is probably the best. Uh, a, a mix of groups, different kinds of groups, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's definitely a place where um, I had to ease up, I guess. You know, I, I turns out I was pretty much uh, I was I was naive and wrong about a lot of things when I started this small, small group program. But we're getting to a place I think it's now where, yeah, right. I mean, the, I think and I think the back and forth and the dialogue is helpful there. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the feedback that we got from the groups themselves. We've got some pretty powerful um church leaders that are a part of these groups that are not afraid to share their opinion. Um no. what works and what doesn't work. And they they've been incredibly helpful in putting that in the program together and helping to grow that program. I wanna ask a question and maybe this is I don't know if this is where you're going or not, but I wanted Sarah if you want to talk a little bit about how Northside Small Groups works. Like what what is um what does a typical group look like?
1: So a typical group opens. Um, we we open with prayer, and um, then we. Right now, most of them are on Zoom, so it's a little bit different. This is there's a little bit more um, flexibility when you're in person, but uh, we go around the Zoom screen, <laughs> and uh, everyone in my group shares a rosebud and a thorn, and. Um,
0: what is that? What is that?
1: A rose is something that exciting that happened um, in your life that last week. Something, something good. A bud is something you're looking forward to. And a thorn is just, you know, a thorn in your side that week. Yeah. And those are, those are usually pretty entertaining. So you go
0: around the group and everybody kind of shares one or all three or whatever they feel comfortable with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My thorn is usually my dog, Stevie. <laughs> She's awful. <laughs> Just cute though, sometimes. <laughs> so that's what we open with, and then um, we usually have. So my group has some sort of curriculum that we're doing. Something okay. easy, not. Um, it, it doesn't have to be anything planned for. Uh-huh. Like anything, anybody has to do any homework for. Right. Um, so we we watched uh, videos the first few okay. weeks of ours. They were called. It was an animate series. It was on the practices of your faith. Okay. Um, and that was really cool, just because it gave you something practical each week to focus on. You know, prayer on the sacraments or um, community. You spend
0: some time talking about it, I assume. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, we just we um so we watch the video, then we discuss it. Um, ask questions, talk about how, um, where we see it in our lives. If we don't see it in our lives, where we would like to improve. Yeah. Um, and and then we always kind of tie it back into Northside how we how we want. That's good. To um, how we want this to impact our church yeah, and the yeah. community that our church is in. Because we cool. always want it to be, we never want it to be just the church. Um, that's too limiting. We want it to be, we want the church to be impacting the community yeah. that we're in. Yeah. So.
0: That's cool. Uh, how long does it usually last?
1: Um, Depending on how many rosebuds and thorns we yeah. get. <laughs> yeah. It can be... Um, Anywhere for an hour and a half to two hours. Okay. Mostly an hour and a half.
0: Okay. Cool. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the hurdles and some of the obstacles that that we've encountered? I guess, or that you've seen, uh, that people have mentioned to you or talked to you about, or what? What are some of those things that? Why do people, are why are people hesitant to join small group?
1: So a big one is the commitment. Um, it for a small group really to be um. To make an impact on your life and for you to grow um, you'
0: are talking about a time commitment
1: a time commitment yeah because it we ideally would like for these to be weekly because you need to to develop these relationships yeah and um, that takes time yeah. and it takes energy and intention and that those are those are really scary things
0: yeah and scarce things sometimes <laughs> scarce. Yeah. Yeah. they shouldn't yeah. be scarce at the church and scary. But they are. But they are right. Yeah, they are. Turns out the church isn't immune to just regular human emotions.
1: <laughs> right. Anyway.
0: Um, so yeah. So people are afraid to make the commitment because they're so tied and committed to other things, right? I mean, like, right. So you've got you've got uh, kids, sports, or, or just, I mean, just any other number, activity outside yeah, of yeah.
1: outside of the church, and that's understandable, and that's and those are really those can be really admirable, important things, but. What you get in a small group, the, the depth that you grow from, like the, the depth of the relationships that form out of these groups and the spiritual, I don't know. It's just the, you don't find the encouragement and the grounding and the centering yeah. that you do in a small group. Other other groups, you know, you can they're fun, you've friends, you can you can it's yeah. like your fantasy football league.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So if somebody wants to join a small group, do they need to come well, with members to yeah, form right, a group right. or do you just drop people at random into a group like I could see one of the hangups being, I don't want to talk to a group of strangers about my problems.
0: Right.
1: So we have, um, we have different groups available at different times throughout the week, different uh, days and in different formats. And also before. COVID we had it based on location so they could go to a group that was close to them you yeah. know in the same neighborhood
2: so they could meet at the church or at somebody's home
1: yeah we prefer it to be at someone's home it's just a more um comfortable environment you don't yeah. feel so it's not so sterile maybe it's just
0: <laughs> it yeah it's just more intimate you want, uh, to, think
2: you want me to start a bi-weekly Kennesaw small group <laughs> uh I mean, yeah if, if
1: we
0: have members out there that'd be, be amazing we are
1: thinking about a Marietta one
3: yeah
0: I bet we could get Matt Jackson to come here. I bet we can. <laughs> we have, uh, we're coming to the end of our second year here with the Northside small groups program. And we have a whole nother year coming, Uh big plan kickoff event, uh, which we're, we are, um, Uh, calling I guess coffee house. the the working title yeah working title for our our kind of big kickoff event coming up here in the fall is uh, we're doing a coffee house here at the church on a Saturday night on August 28th 7 Mm -hmm. p.m. if you are at all interested in joining Mm -hmm. small groups or have more questions about what small groups looks like here at Northside Church you can contact either myself or Sarah uh, at the church. Uh, my email address is james j at northsideumc.org. And Sarah, your address is?
1: sarah p at northsideumc.org.
0: And you can uh, contact us with any questions that you have. If you have questions about accounting, you can contact Nick and maybe he can answer some of those. Nick H <laughs> at northsideumc.org. <laughs> if you have questions <laughs> about Dialogic Disciple, or we'll have uh, if you want to come on to the podcast at some point, you know, let us know. But uh, we are excited about continuing our Northside Small Groups program here at uh, north side and, and looking forward to starting new groups as mm-hmm. well as filling in some of our older groups and resetting some groups who have been together for a couple of years now. And mm-hmm. We're looking forward to getting back together in the same space uh, yes. coming up here in the, in the fall. So hopefully that will be uh, on the radar, God willing. And the creek don't rise uh, and the counts of COVID don't rise, I guess <laughs> I should say. Um, nor, uh, so, Sarah, do you have any final thoughts on, on Northside Small Groups or um, anything about the coffeehouse that you want to talk about?
1: Well, if you're interested in being a part of the coffeehouse, uh, it's going to be if you want to read a poem or sing a song, yeah, play guitar. Okay.
0: So we're basically going to have like an open mic situation. Mm-hmm. AAC, yeah,
1: Yeah. some entertainment. So if you're interested in performing something, yeah. Um, run it by me first. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know you want to be a part and of it. And we've
0: booked Matt Jackson to be we our... Musical uh, entertainment for the evening. So, if you just want to have an evening interspersed, any, have an evening of listening to Matt Jackson sing some music, and then hear you know me make a fool of myself and some that other people. James will read a poem. Do, we do some poetry, and Nick is going to. Nick is already committed to doing something. I can see it inside his eyes. Uh,
1: Nick is absolutely going to play keyboard. <laughs> We're just going to do. He's just going to get up there and rickroll. Are you going to do like one of those? <laughs> what's that? Never want to give you love. what's that? Never, never want to let you, you down. down, never want to turn around and desert you.
0: <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today. Uh, kind of all over the place, but I think we've, we've had a good conversation about small groups and Northside small groups. Do you have any final words for the people in Northside? No, <laughs> Nick, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, never do, James. Peace. <laughs> See you guys later.
3: Peace. <laughs>